Hello everyone and welcome to this week's podcast on the leadership lane. It's such a pleasure to be back with you this week in what is the final episode for 2021. Now I know this time of year everyone says the the normal things, gee the year's gone quickly, gee where has it gone, it's December already and I think all those things are still very true and valid. Um, However going into this period of time it's a time of wind down, but it's also a time of reflection and in some ways uh, rebirth, you know, getting ready for this next year. And I don't know about you, but I think, you know, everyone's feeling pretty tired, pretty ratty over it. We still have some ambiguity around us with what's happening from a pandemic perspective. But yesterday I was in a meeting where some the reflection was kind of um, in, a, in a really great way flipped on its head. And I wanted to share that with you today because I think it is, as I said, that time of year where we really start to uh, hopefully slow down. Some of us are still sprinting towards that completion line and that finish line. But for many of us, it's a time uh, to just slow down and just reflect, take a different pace. And as I said, start planning for the new year ahead. So I was in a committee meeting yesterday for a board that I sit on part of a public hospital and one of the committee chairs uh, posed a really beautiful question at the end and she said she asked us all what's got us through the year and it was a fantastic question Uh, this group is a it's a committee of community advisors uh, who meet every couple of months and they're advocates for um, people in the public health service and I thought it was a brilliant question. So we all went around and we talked about, you know, what was it that got us through uh, this year? And what I said to the committee uh, in my response was that what got me through was controlling what I can control and being really aware that when there is so much ambiguity, there's lots that I can't control. But focusing with intention on the things that I can control help me feel in control. It, they help me decipher what I can actually control and, and what I have influence over. There's so much that we don't have influence over and I tend to not really spend too much time and energy on that. I think it's futile to do it. I think to worry and to cause anguish and too much concern and anxiety about things that I can't control don't feel like a very good use of my energy. So I put my energy where I, where it's best used, best utilised and where I can actually influence the outcome. So I that was my reflection and I elaborated on it a little bit and I guess it stayed with me. I've actually thought about it over the next 24 hours um, because there's been so many times when I've become really, really frustrated this year. I've, you know, um, having young kids, plenty of times this year was um, I was required to be a primary school teacher. Uh, Plenty of times I just wanted to get on and do what I wanted to do. And of course, I had no control over that because I had to do other things. Uh, We embarked on a renovation this year, which was delayed with lockdown here in in Melbourne, where we are. And finally, it's getting done, but it will be my Christmas present uh, because the plan is that it's done uh, with, with a few days to spare before Christmas. And lucky we're not hosting Christmas dinner. Uh, and, and my dad's been really unwell this year. So, and that's been hard to control. There's been times where dad's been in hospital and we haven't been able to see him because of the lockdown. So 
I think on reflection there have been many, many moments this year where I've become frustrated, I've become angry, I've become sad, I've become disappointed. But in those moments I have really intentionally tried to go back to what can I control and then just take take one step at a time from there, but always within the bounds of what can I influence, what can I control. So I thought that that question that was posed at that committee meeting was brilliant and I really loved it as a frame of almost a appreciation for myself and recognition around, yeah, it's it's been a tough year for us all, but what got me through? What were the things that got me through? And uh, and I think that that's useful. If it's a useful frame for you, then then share it. Go ahead and share it. The other thing that um, I got out of this meeting, it was a very powerful meeting actually, the other thing I got out of it, um, again, our committee chair shared a practice that she uh, does daily and she does this at the end of her day and it's called Six of the Best. And she went on to tell us what the Six of the Best is. We were all very intrigued. But basically um, she journals on a daily basis and as part of that journaling process, she covers these six things uh, daily, which she calls six of the best. And what's listed or what's reflected is what was the best thing I saw today? What was the best thing I heard today? What was the best thing I tasted today? What was the best thing that I did for me today? What was the best thing I did for others today? And what did someone do for me today? So six very simple but really powerful points of reflection. And we know, you know, journaling, we know it's it's a great practice, um, particularly combined with meditation and, you know, or any mindful activity actually. It's a powerful way to express gratitude and it's a powerful method for reflection. But this particular lens here, I really love it. And I love the six of the best because you're, forced to really think about, well, what were the best things that happened for me today? But it's almost a sensory thing because you're thinking about what you saw, what you heard, what you tasted, what you did for others, what they did for you and and what someone else did for you. Um, I think that it's really, really powerful. And I love that kind of sensory nature and the fact that you've got to, you know, I can imagine engaging this practice would make me be more present during the day. So when I sit down at night to do my six of the best, I know that I would, I would, more easily recall what these best things were that happened through the course of the day. So I love that. And I wanted to share it with you all, particularly as we're getting into that time of the year where maybe we are starting to think about some practices to help us, you know, as we get into the end of the year, but also as we start thinking and reflecting about the year that's ahead of us um, and what we may want to achieve. Traditionally, this time of year, we start thinking about what we're grateful for, but also, uh, you know, New Year's resolutions. Uh, You know, I've got a practice that I've done for many years, which is called my big word. So I'll pick, you know, my big word for the year. And that big word is, you know, usually what's my intention for the year. Uh, And I think this year, I actually said it in a conversation to someone today without really thinking about it. Um, But I think this is what it's going to be. I think the word will be performance. And I've picked that word for this coming year because, it centers around what I do, uh, but also what I'm really focused on. So for me, that's performance of individuals, performance of teams. Um, At a personal level, it's about my own daily practices. So it's not just kind of KPI business performance, 
But it's also from a health and well-being perspective, am I doing what I need to do to sustain health, to maintain health, to promote health um, across all aspects of life? So physical health, mental health, spiritual health and well-being. And so for me, performance uh, embodies all of that. It's about that assessment and recognition of what you know I do today and, and on a day-to-day basis and what can I do if I do want to elevate my performance, if I want to lift my performance, if I want to stretch. Uh, and, of course, when we start thinking about performance, that moves us into that notion of goals. And so if, you know, if your performance, uh, if you're thinking about performance and you think, well, what's my overarching metric that will demonstrate to me whether I've performed or not and whether I've, you know, achieved what I wanted to achieve, uh, it's then about what are the steps that I'm going to put in place to achieve that performance. And I I love the granularity of that. I love that you take kind of a big goal and then you break it down into steps and then just kind of sustainably go about achieving it. And I think it's about consistency. And I did uh, also come across something this week, which was, you know, anything that you get good at, you get good at it because of that consistency. And uh, it's technique too. Obviously, if you're, if you're talented at something or if you've got a natural flair for it, then that, you know, absolutely helps. But it's the consistency. If we can stick with something uh, and we incorporate it as a daily practice, as something that we do just like brushing our teeth, just like whatever your one of your daily practices might be, uh, you know, getting your coffee in the morning or catching up with the same friend, you know, whatever it is um, at whatever time of the day or week it is, it's consistency and, and we get used to it. And if that consistency is supporting our well-being, then fantastic. Uh, I think we we make it too hard on ourselves sometimes when we we set these you know quite lofty goals and sometimes laundry lists of goals. And what I've been saying to some of the groups that I've been working with recently is, you know, I don't want to create another guilt list for you, and I don't want you to create another guilt list for yourself. Uh, particularly, you know, through some of the programs when we do a self-reflection piece and we think about, well you know, maybe a stop, start, continue. What what can I um stop doing? What can I start doing? What can I continue doing? I always caution people around what, you know, how many things you want to put in that start column and also how many things you want to put in the continue column because it's very easy to add stuff on. That's kind of the easy bit, you know, um, and the fun bit really. That's the planning process. You're thinking about uh, what can I include? But the hard work commences when you've got to actually do what you've committed to doing to yourself or to maybe an accountability partner or somebody else. And that's, I think, where the consistency comes in. So the the easier you make your goal, uh, the better, because you've got more chance probably of actually sticking to it. Whereas if you create something that's, you know, either either too long, too wieldy, too many components to it, uh, you know, if the, if the project plan that you've set for yourself or your goal sheet is longer, you know, than a few things, then you've got to query whether you can stick to it. Uh, you know, are you making it too hard on yourself? What would be the outcome or, you know, the um, the benefit of making that list really short and just sticking to, you know, one or two things that you're going to commit to and, and things that you actually can commit to? So I think as you go into this New Year period, if New Year's resolutions are your thing, uh go for it. But I'd say try not to create a guilt list because we've got lots of those. Like, you know, I've, I've I've got lists and post-it notes and things that, and I'm happy at this time of the year that they start to reduce and diminish, which is great. Uh, but those lists 
they do just burden us when we look at it and we go, yeah, fantastic, I've got a list. You know, I must say there is something very satisfying about crossing off the list. Um, one practice that I've tried this year which has worked and I've been able to maintain it is creating a Kanban, so an actual board uh, where it's got four columns on my board. So it has ideas to explore what I'm going to begin doing. So it's actually called to do and then beginning in brackets. And then the third column is what I'm doing. And the fourth column is what I've done. And I have immense, I feel immense satisfaction in moving things, uh, particularly from the doing to the done. And then sometimes uh, just as a little game, I like to play with myself. I leave them in the done just for a day. And so I can actually visibly see what I have achieved. And I love that. I love that feeling of um, recognition and pat on the back. Yeah, I've, I've done that, you know, particularly if it's something that's been on there for a while. Uh, what I have noticed with my little system, which is great, is that once upon a time, the ideas to explore, there was lots of them. There was probably, this this board's not that big. It's probably, I don't know, like maybe 70 centimetres across by about 50. Um, so it's like a, it's an old frame from a picture. But what I have noticed is that the ideas to explore have actually reduced over time. And once upon a time, there were always loads of ideas to explore. But my issue was that there wasn't enough that was in the doing column. And therefore, nothing in the done. So over the course of this year, what I've been able to do is really um, stop the, you know, stop looking for the shiny, bright objects, which I used to love doing. And I've, I think I've been able to really get consistent and focused on just a few things, but doing them to a, a depth and degree that um, creates better outcomes for me and for my clients. So that is a practice that I will continue next year because it's worked for me really well. And I actually use that board now more than unwieldy lists. Um, this year, this week, actually, I had some time um, away and so I didn't have the board in front of me. So I did resort to my list. Um, and I also did get that satisfaction of writing things down and crossing them off. But uh, I think that it's, for me, just looking at the board and looking at the post-it notes and I'm sure there's a way we can do it electronically, but I do love the physical nature of getting a Sharpie, putting it on a post-it note and popping it on the board and then me being able to see that. Um, I really like that as a motivator for me. So, you know, you might reflect at this time of the year, what has worked for me? You know, what what has been a practice that I've adopted that I want to take into next year? And And I think that's good. You know, I think it's, if you can find something and then stick to it, it's that consistency again, you know, it, it, um, I, once upon a time, I would have thought that I'd get really bored, but you just don't because it works. And so if it works and you're not looking for well, what else, what else, what else can I be doing? You know, how else can I be, uh, sharpening this up or fixing this up or working differently on this? When something works, it's that old adage of if it ain't broke, you know, um, you don't need to go and fix it. So that's worked for me and that's what I'll be taking into the new year. So what, what are some things perhaps that you're looking at taking into this new year? What's worked for you? Uh, don't be tempted to throw everything out. We don't need to necessarily start afresh all the time. Um, and we certainly don't need to wait for January to do that. We can do that any time of the year. Um, you know, we can set these goals. We can, you know, review our kind of big words. Uh, we don't have to, you know, look at this artificial of the, you know, the, the clock turning to one January of every year and, and start afresh. We actually don't. And, and we should be doing it as regularly as we can uh, on a quarterly basis, um, even on a monthly basis to some extent, just reviewing your goals. And then if you can see where you are and the progress that you're making, then 
you can assess, well, do I keep going or do I change direction and course? Uh, you can, you know, you don't have to wait a whole year. And in fact, the longer we wait, the more stuck sometimes we become. Uh, things start to get cloudy. It's harder to walk away from a practice or from something that we have been committed to the longer we're invested in it because then it's there's a lot more at play around what we're giving up. Sometimes it's ego. Sometimes it's that fear of failure. It's all those things that can start to creep in. So uh, my view on that, and if it's helpful for you, is do it like cull regularly, kind of go through and and work out what's working for me, what's not, uh, and do it regularly. Like even I reckon every three months is probably a sustainable approach, and that's the approach that I tend to adopt in my business. So with that, I uh, I wanted to make it relatively short today because I know this time of year we're catching up with lots of family and friends and we're reconnecting maybe we're thinking about slowing down and I'm going to do that too over this summer period here in the southern hemisphere but I want to take this opportunity to thank all of you that have been consistently listening to the podcast Uh, the podcast is one of those things that I did want to do through the course of 2021 and and I'm so pleased that I have I get a lot of joy out of uh, speaking to you on a weekly basis and just kind of sharing my thoughts and sharing my insights on different things that um, have stimulated my thoughts for the week or provided me with insights. And I love to share that with all of you. So thank you for listening. Uh, 2022, we're going to continue on with the same format. So my plan is to come to you weekly uh, and to talk to you about lots of different aspects around particularly that leadership lane and how you can be moving across your different lanes of leadership, irrespective of where you might be on your leadership journey right now. In 2022, I want to mix up the format a little bit with having some people that I'll bring on as guests to interview from time to time. So I'm hoping to do that once or twice a month. Uh, And if you have a particular guest that you would like to hear from, or if you would love to be a guest on the podcast, then I would welcome you with open arms. So drop me a line and let me know, Rita at RitaChincotta.com. Send me an email or contact me via the website, www.RitaChincotta.com. I would love to hear from you and I'd love to welcome you on as a guest. I wish you all a very, very happy and safe festive period with your loved ones. I hope you get some time to reflect, nourish, nurture, soothe your soul. Uh, If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, sit in the sun, have some sand between your toes. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, maybe seeing and and touching that beautiful snow and just enjoying uh, your time with your family and loved ones. It's been an absolute pleasure to bring Leadership Lane to you this year and I look forward to continuing to do so next year. Happy festive period, everyone, and I'll see you in 2022. Thanks very much.